0: And uh, just wanted to share something that's kind of close to my heart today. And uh, a lot of the things that we uh, I'm sharing today, we do share in our growth track um, our class. about That's a new members class. And um, if you want to have any questions about that, you can just uh, look at our site or after church have some questions about when that is. The next one is uh, you can ask us about that. But just some things that we're rolling around in my heart and one of the things we talked about is the outreach center and how the Lord's moving there and what the Lord is going to be doing in our church and through our church and just looking forward to how God is going to use us and all the plans that God has for us right now and in the future I get excited about it when I think about all that God has for us as a church and where God's taking us and uh, excited about that but one of the things I just wanted to say is that it's important to really if you're a member here to get not just get the vision of River Valley Church but make sure the Vision has you. (laughs) Amen. How many know it's one thing to get the vision of and the idea, but when that has you, when the vision has you, it's a little different. Amen. Because River Valley Church isn't just something you belong to, it's something that belongs to you. And so we believe that wholeheartedly that we want you to be a part of everything that God's doing and any way that you can be a part, we want to make that available. So, you know, one of the things about vision in the church is you can go to a church for a long time and not really be a part. How many know you can be a part of, you know, come to a, a, a gathering gathering like this and week after week and really not be a part, but we want you to feel apart. And so uh, whether you're a guest or a longtime member, we want you to feel a part today. And so I want to just throw that out, that part of what we're doing at the Outreach Center is not just for uh, a certain uh, crowd of people, but it's for our church, amen, and why don't you want to be involved with that, which is really good. I want to just share something with, from my heart, really, before we get into the scriptures today in the... Um, kind of the sermon today. And that is uh, something that we have put into our growth track. Uh, it's, and I believe it's in the second class. It's called Coming and Going God's Way. And how many know it's important to join a church the right way, right? So we do that. We go out of our way to, to you know, from, from your first time experience to your membership class to serving in the church. We really try to go out of our way to, uh, you know, make that transition and those steps very easy and uh, you know one of the things that we we talk about is joining a church is so important and you got to do it the right way but how many know leaving a church is important too leaving a church the right way is important amen and so one of the things we do is we encourage people always try to leave with a blessing so whether you leave this church and going to uh, to another state or another part of the city going to another church it really doesn't matter Uh, I think it's important to leave with a blessing and you know sometimes we uh, we find ourselves in situations where maybe we leave because there's uh, some, some trouble there in that church or some animosity, some differences of opinion and, and things like that. You know? But if you can't leave with a blessing, try to leave in peace, right? That's what we encourage people. Leave with peace. That's what the Bible teaches us. Leave with peace and, and try to have a peaceful uh, exit there. But you know, it's just been, I'm saying this because there's been some situations where, even in our church, where people have been a long-time members. And you know, it seems like uh, you know, they've come up to me on a Sunday and said hey by the way this is my last Sunday here Um, we're going to another state we're going to another church where my my job and my family and and I'm like Okay, you know, and so what we want to encourage you is to really just, uh, you know, let us know what God's doing in your life, how the Lord is leading you in your life, and get a blessing, amen? I don't know about you, but we want to, as a church, if you're going somewhere, maybe to another church or another state, we want to bless you, right? We want, to, we want you to be blessed in the name of the Lord. We want uh, doors to open. We want opportunity. We want God to move in your family. We want to see that move and that transition be a blessing. Anybody? Amen? So I want to throw that out and just say that and just come and say, you know, many people think, well, I, need, I don't need permission to leave the church. You hey, absolutely do not. But we want a blessing and we want there to be, because there's family relationships here, right? And, you know, sometimes I've had people say, well, I'm just leaving, right? I'm just leaving, leave that. And I said, man, you've been here so long. You've been a part of our church so long. It's kind of like a parent just leaving in the middle of the night. You know, sometimes it causes hurt in other people and confusion, right? Right? So when we leave it the right way and the right spirit, we can just, Join another church the right way, right spirit. And it just helps that community, doesn't it? Helps us and, and really just, and so we just want to throw that out there. Uh, listen, because you're not going to, probably most of us aren't going to be in one church our entire life, except me, Right? I was born on a Saturday in church on Sunday, I've been here ever since, right? So you may not be that, it may may not be your story, but wherever God sends you, pray this, Lord, we wanna grow there and we wanna help other people. Lord, how can we be a blessing to another congregation, right? And so, as I wanna echo what Pastor Robbie shared a couple weeks ago, amen, about moving and, and don't ever move just for money. Don't ever move for just because you're following the rainbow, all right? Move because God is leading you. Amen. Do it because God's saying it's time. Amen. Now you might find yourself in a financial pinch and you've got to make a move. I get that. Amen. But let the Lord open doors for you. Let let there be like a seeking of God. Amen. And then the, the second thing is try to find a good church where you're going. Amen. Many put, people put that on the bottom of their list. You know, we got to get the job in our apartment. We got this. We got to get like a grooming center for our pet first and then a church. No, find that church because God wants to put you with other believers. Amen. That can bless you and help you grow and that you can help other people. Is that all right? That was for free, by the way. I just wanted to share my heart. First Corinthians chapter 12 today. I want to talk to you about commitment to community. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. And then I'm going to read Romans chapter 12. I just thought that was a neat coincidence. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 12, I want to read a couple verses. I'm reading out of the NIV. Just as a body, though one, has many parts... But all its many parts form one body. So it is with Christ. Verse 13, for we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. Whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, we were all given that one spirit to drink. Amen. That's so important and so deep, isn't it? Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many parts. Amen. In Romans chapter 12, he kind of is echoing this principle of body ministry in verse 4 of Romans chapter 12. He says this, for as we have many members in one body, talking about our physical body, and all members have not the same function, So, verse 5, so we being many, many different people, different uh, groups of people, are one body in Christ and everyone members of one another. Amen. Can I just say that the secret to really uh, uh, success, uh, well, let me just go further than that and say the, the secret to surviving any cultural climate is unity in the church. If we're going to, as Christians, make it through any type of cultural climate, there's got to be unity in the church. Our Christian relationships have got to be strong. Amen. Look at the book of Acts. The more the Roman Empire pushed on the church and persecuted the church, the stronger their community got. The stronger the unity between them, the stronger the love of God between them. Anybody, come on, is that true? Amen, and so what we wanna say is look, any type of climate that's going on, any type of uh, cultural happenings that are going on, really what it is, is is in the church, the unity in the church. That's our success as Christians, amen, that's how Christianity not just thrives but survives sometimes, how many know sometimes Christianity just serves up for survives, (laughs) amen, and so, you know, this is one of the things I've found out, and the other thing I've noticed is that the scriptures teach us as Paul was teaching here over and over again from even the Old Testament, but Jesus takes it in and brings it into the New Testament, how he teaches us that every Christ follower, every believer of Jesus Christ has got to be a functional part of a local body of believers amen that every believer benefits from the church and the church has these benefits to it safety accountability relationships family there's so many things that benefit the christian in the church amen Amen. Now I know before you get some people get a little uncomfortable because they've been uh, had a bad experience with their past church or church in general or religion in general. But I'm going to tell you something right now. Jesus makes it clear. Amen. That he is building the church. Amen. And that we are part of the church. Anybody. We are part of the church. And so what about church? It's about building up the body of Christ, right? It's about building the church. And then it's about growing and maturing in our faith towards the Lord Jesus Christ. And so uh, unfortunately, as I was writing this and thinking that many people view membership as church attendance. They bl- uh, just view uh, church attendance as uh, kind of a date on the calendar that they need to uh, make that appointment. It's an appointment on the calendar. On Sunday, I've got an appointment at church. Then I've got the dentist on Monday and I've got, you know, on Tuesday and and uh, I've that's my uh, appointment but how many know church membership is way more than that amen church membership is way more than that why because here's what it is the bible teaches us and what I want to express to you today amen membership to a church is a heart and life commitment to a community of people amen amen to a group of people, amen, that we don't know yet. But this is, the whole thing is that membership to a church is a heart and life commitment to a community of people. And so uh, with that being said, I want to talk to you about commitment to community. Amen, let's pray. Father, we just thank you for today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for everyone to be here today to hear your word. And Lord, I just pray you to help me, the, uh, the one giving the word today, that you would speak through my lips and think through my mind, that Lord, we would be encouraged by your word today, that we would even be challenged by your word, to, Lord, to check up on our heart and see how our commitment to the community of God's people is, and, and not just our, our attendance, Lord, and, and how, how much we give and all the things we do, but our membership to one another. Another, our commitment to one another, our commitment to other people besides ourselves. I pray that you would just speak through your word today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. The community of the church really is an understanding that community needs commitment. It's not a community if it doesn't have commitment. Come on. Amen. So the church needs commitment. Amen. And so uh, one of the things that's fascinating about these scriptures, if you read, as we read in Romans, especially in Romans 6 and 7 and 8, it talks about how we're baptized into one body. We're baptized by the spirit. It's a, it, right into one body. So I want you to know this first, that the membership of the body of Christ is a spiritual work. It's not something you can create. It's not something you decide to do. It's not something that when you're ready to do it, you're going to join the body of Christ. The Bible says that when you're baptized in water, amen, you become, amen, not just baptized into Christ, you become members of the body of Christ. You don't even have to attend a church at that point. Come on. Right At that point, as soon as you're baptized, the Bible says you are in the body of Christ. You are part of the body of Christ. Someone said, well, I didn't pay money. I didn't do my dues. I don't have a membership. Listen, that has nothing. That's just just for us. (laughs) Amen. That's just for here on earth. Amen. But in God's eyes, amen, when we're baptized, the Bible says into one body, that is a spiritual work. Aren't you glad that's a spiritual work? God does that. The Bible says that in the Spirit or by the Spirit that happens. Amen. How many of you know you don't get yourself born again? Right. You can't save yourself. That's a work of the Spirit. Amen. How many of you know that? It, it's, it's not something we want to do. That's a work of the Spirit. God does that. Amen. And it's the same thing with being a member of the body of Christ. It is a spiritual work. So whether you like it or not, the person sitting next to you, they're a believer, they're your family. <laughs> We're part of one another. Amen? No, just the good parts. No, the unsmelly parts. The, the Bible says the un, unseemly parts. Everybody, right? Come on, all the crazy members of the church. They're a part of our family. Come on, how many have been to a family reunion lately and looked around and said, this is crazy. I can't believe I belong to this. Right? Well, you go to church on Sunday and any given Sunday you can look around and say, I can't believe I belong to These people are crazy. <laughs> Amen? Come on, you got that aunt that everybody's ashamed of, that uncle that's way too much for everybody, amen. How many know they're still family? You're still family, amen. Amen, got a lot of mistakes. How many families don't have mistakes, amen. Every family's got them. They got crazy ones, they got mistakes, they got problems, they got a bad past, they got bad family history, they got bad genes, we all got them, right? And we're part of the body of Christ. And when we come into the body of Christ, we realize, wow, Lord, I'm, I'm a part of something so much bigger than myself, so much better than myself. Amen. So many times we look at, well, we're just part of River Valley Church or part of the community in Williamsport or part of a, in the United States and we're American Christians. No, it's a global family and it's got billions and billions and billions of members. Amen? And you're part of that family. You're part of that body of Christ. Amen? And how many believe the body of Christ is one? It's not fragmented into four different types of denominations and religions and beliefs. No, it's one body. The Bible says there's one baptism, there's one faith, there's one Lord, there's one spirit, and there's one body. Amen? And how many know there's one name that is named in heaven and earth over that family? Amen. The Bible says, Paul said, I bow my knee to the name of Jesus, which all the family in heaven and earth is named. Amen. And so we're part of that body. We're part of that family. And did you realize that you have an obligation to this body? Did you know that? How many believe that we've got an obligation to God? Amen. I've got an obligation of worship to God. Why? Because he's God, right? He's God, and I can't have any other gods. My obligation of worship is to him and him alone. But did you also know that you have an obligation to love other people because of the cross? Amen? The Bible says that Jesus, when he shed his blood, his blood was shed and he purchased the church of God. Amen. So I have an obligation to God of worship. Then I have an obligation to other people to love other people because of what Jesus did at the cross. Amen. And so I believe that church, a strong church, really starts with uh, strong members, not church growth or numerical growth, but it starts with strong members. and and a healthy church is going to grow. Let me just say this, and and really kind of give you this kind of this first point this morning: that membership is important, but function is better. It's great you're a part of the body. It's great that you're part of the local church. Some of you are like, well, my grandfather went there. My parents went there. I'm going there. My kids are going there. My grand, you know, I mean, that's great. That's great that membership is important. But how many know function is better? When you're part of the body of Christ, when you're flowing and doing your part in the body of Christ, the Bible says every joint supplies. Amen. Everyone has to do their part. That's even better better amen let me just throw three things at you about my commitment to a local body of believers we we'd like to say this to our new members we'd like to s- and give them this this idea that my attendance is important right so my attendance is important how many thank god the pastor's attendance is important right so my attendance is important my giving is valued but my participation is vital I've got to participate in the body of Christ. I can't just be a bump on a dill pickle coming week after week and just sitting here and not connecting with people, not loving other people, not ministering to other people. Hello? Anybody? couple people that's great this is really good so one of the things and I began to study and look at this and I said so what is the emphasis especially when Paul is teaching out of uh, Corinthians and to the Roman church what is the emphasis of church what is the emphasis of church you know one of the things that you see very clearly I want to read the scripture for you in Ephesians 2 is that as the church we are a holy habitation of God did you know that did you know that? Did you, I want to read you a scripture that, that get, confirms that. The church and the emphasis that Paul is giving and the emphasis even here today on Sunday morning is not that you just do a religious duty. Not that we get a head count. Not that you put money in the plate. Not that you just kind of check off a little box. Not that you even have a chance to sing or play or pre, whatever you do. That's not it. The whole point is, is that we are a habitation of God in the earth. You ever notice or you ever wonder what happened uh, to the temples in the Old Testament that we see? Do you ever, you ever wonder? You see the, uh, the tabernacle there of Moses. You see Solomon's temple. You see all the temples and everything. Then Jesus goes and he, he ministers in the temple when he's on the earth and he cleanses the temple. But what happens to the temple under the new covenant? The Bible says we are his tabernacle. Did you know that? And the church is the habitation of God in the earth. Let me read this for you. This is the emphasis of church. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19, 20, 21, 22. I'm going to read this quickly. Now, therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners. In other words, you you don't have a place that you don't belong. You actually belong somewhere. You are fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone let me just stop there and just say what are the the fa- what is the foundation of the apostles and prophets i've heard people say that modern day prophets that the church is being built on those no he's not talking about modern day uh, apostles and prophets anybody what is he talking about he's talking about the old covenant and the new covenant together the prophets were the old testament the apostles are the new covenant Amen. So the church is built on what? The Old Testament and the New Testament, right? The Old Covenant and the New Covenant coming together. The Bible says that's what the church is built on. Aren't you glad for that? Amen. So it's built on what is truth, what is lasting, what is eternal, what God has approved of. Amen. So it's not talking about the modern day apostles and prophets. It's talking about, amen, the Old Testament prophets and the New Testament apostles. Did I say that right? I hope I said that right. Old Testament prophets, New Testament apostles. That's what it's built on. How many know it is the written word and the spoken word? That's what the church is built on. Amen? That's what he's talking about. And then verse 21, in whom all the building fitly framed together growth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom also you are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. One of the things we have to understand is when you read the scriptures and it says you, it's not just talking about you personally, it's talking about the church collectively. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, he uses the word ye or you several times. You are the temple of God, Right? Anybody read that, right? You are the temple, you're the household, you're the building of God. You. Then he says, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. So here's what you have to understand when you're reading scripture. When you're reading scripture, you have to understand that he's not just talking to you, but he could also be talking to you. Amen? Collectively. So you personally, but you collectively. How many know your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? But how many know collectively we are the temple of God? Uh Uh-oh. The habitation, where God wants to dwell in the earth, where people can go and find God. Hello. Amen. Aren't you glad that the house of God is where you can come find God? Isn't that good? Amen. Come on, you can. This is where I'm going to be, he said, in the earth. I'm going to be represented In the church, on the earth, through the church. That's what he's saying. So we are, every time Paul talks about body or members, they are both personal and corporate. So he says, your body's the temple, or you are the body. He says the body of Christ, but you're also the body. But members of one another, you're members of Christ. And he talks about the members of church. And so it's both personal and corporate. In 1 Corinthians, he says God's building. Talks about the temple. In Ephesians 2, God's dwelling place. That's why it's important not to take for granted the church. Not to take it lightly, amen, your membership, your involvement in church. Because it's not just, well, we're just going to have church because, uh, you know, we're just going to have, we need a church in town because it's so corrupt and and we just need a place, you know, where it's religious. No, we are habitation of God in the earth. This is where God chooses to live and to dwell. Amen. Is this the only per, a place, a 470 Pine Street? Absolutely not. Come on. But he's saying this, that through my church, collectively, I want to move and dwell. I want to be there so that my glory can fill the earth. Amen. Amen. So how many know it's important that we are members of churches, right? That we are participators in a church. Not just spectators, but participators. And one of the things that the Bible teaches us and has this thought when it talks about the emphasis of church or the emphasis of church is that whatever you do personally can affect everyone corporately. Now, we don't like to think that way. We like to think a little different. We think, well, I'm accountable for my own actions and and what I do only affects me. How many know that only works in, in politics? Well, it really doesn't. Your public and private life. No, what Paul teaches us is that whatever you allow, whatever you speak, whatever actions you're doing has potential to affect the entire church. As a church at River Valley, whatever we preach, whatever we teach, whatever we allow in or whatever out, it can have an effect on the global church of God. Did you know that? Hello? Amen. So if we're not, if we're preaching something weird and we're getting off in in, a, in cultic practices and stuff, and that we still call ourselves Christian, we still identify uh, with the uh, the church at, at, at large. How many know we have potential to damage the church of the living God? But on the flip side, if we're healthy, if we're growing, if we're loving and reaching out, and if we're doing the mission of Jesus and and flowing in the Spirit of God, we have potential to affect the global church of God. Amen. How many believe that? Amen. So that's why it's important, your membership and your participation and, and your understanding of the church of Jesus Christ. Amen. Because whatever we do has potential to affect the church, right? has has, has a potential to affect the whole. Amen. In 1 Corinthians 5, what does Paul teach us? A little leaven leavens the whole lump. A little bit affects the whole, right? So in 1 Corinthians 11, and Paul is, I'm just going to quickly go through this, Paul is talking about communion, right? He talks about, hey, this is how you do communion. But he also has to address it because they were viewing communion service as a time to have their family picnic, I'm serious. So what they were doing is, hey, we came for communion, and all of a sudden they got this basket. They bring in this grill. They start cooking chicken, and they start for their family. And then there's people over here that have nothing, and they're poor, and they don't share with them. But this is my time with my family, and this is my little time and everything. And then all of a sudden the Bible says that they start uh, really uh, being kind of bitter towards other people. And the Bible says that they were dying, they were sick, they were not healthy. they were dying before their time because they were not discerning the Lord's body correctly. They were taking the communion service, come on, and using it for personal and selfish time, and it was God's time and it was other people's time, and it was time to minister to the poor. It wasn't time to come in and, and put your big banquet out there and everybody gets, you know, we have all this thing and you're, you're stuffing yourselves with food when other people, to have nothing, they traveled for days and they don't have any food and you're not sharing with them. Paul said, listen, this is what's happening. This little leaven, this little thing you're doing is infecting the whole body of Christ. People are dying because of it. They're sick. They're unhealthy because of what you're doing in the midst of the church. Think about it. So what we do and what we allow or don't allow and what we do in church is so important, isn't it? That it can infect the whole body of Christ. Amen. How many know it's important, amen? How many know? So it is important to be on point in doctrine. It is important that we, we do things and, and hold services a certain way and do things a certain way at times. Now we, you know, come on, how many know what I'm talking about? Because it has a way to make an impact, amen. So what is the struggle? What is the struggle for our commitment to community? Let me go through this quickly. I, I just wrote three things, or a couple things down that I felt like is kind of our struggle, and that is, number one, American individualism. We have this It's a virtue, really, in our nation. It's we're individuals, our freedom, our rights as individuals. It's a virtue. It's a core value to us. Come on, it's it's a strong belief. It's a doctrine to all of us who are Americans that we have this individuality. We we are we we. How many come on? How many know what I'm talking about? And it's really hard because this is something we have to die to as Christians, and we have to understand that it's just not about me, but it's about other people. Not about me getting blessed, me getting rich, me having success and happiness, but it's about other people, right? So this is a struggle for people because they can't get past that. How many have ever heard things like this? You were made for something special. You were made by a loving Creator who made you unique and you, so that you could live, you, you leave your individual mark on the world around you, right? Think about yourself. The way God thinks about you. You are amazing. You are strong. You are powerful. Now, how many have heard of things like that? But what does the Bible say? The Bible says that you were made in his image for his glory. Not for your own interest. Not for your own image. Not for your reputation. Not that people can look and say, wow, they are amazing. But that people can look and say, wow, isn't God good? Now, in themselves, these things have a little bit of truth there. You were made for something special. Yes, you were. You're created in the image of God. God has a call on your life, a purpose for you. Uh, You know, Psalms 139, when you were in your mother's womb, God created you. And your fingernails, your eyelashes, all of it was for his glory and for his purpose. Yes, you are unique. Yes, you are special. Yes, you have, amen, to leave a mark in this world. But you are not so special. (laughs) Here it comes. You are not so unique and not so special that you can't be and love everybody else. That you can't fit in to a group of people who are like you and have same interests. And come on, somebody. Amen. That you can't be part of this community of people that are called and loved and valued by God just as much as you are. (laughs) I mean, God loves you so much, and he also loves seven billion other people. Isn't that great? Amen. So we've got to get away from this because the world says, live your life, do your thing. But Paul said, don't look, let not every man look on his own things, but every man on the things of others. Let others, others' things be your thing, is what Paul was saying. See, because God calls us out of singleness into a body, and from that comes individual purpose. The second thing I see is a struggle is personal ministry. Personal ministry. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. Personal ministry. Ministry hinges on our understanding and commitment to the body of Christ. So a lot of people think, well, I'm not called to do what you do, Pastor Matt, because I'm not called to the ministry. Yes, you are. Everyone ca- has a ministry. Everyone's called to a ministry. Hello? Anybody? Anybody? Can I please get an amen on that one? Just a free one, that'd be great. Yeah, everyone is called by God. Everyone has a ministry. God gives everyone gifts and talents, amen, to use for his glory to the edifying, the building, the strengthening of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every single one of you have been called by God. Every single one of you has a ministry. Every single one of you has gifts from God. Every single one of you has a mission that God has you on to complete. Come on, somebody. Amen? I don't care if you want to say assignments or whatever. Every one of us in this room who are Christians are called by God. Amen? To bring forth his glory, to show forth his glory, to complete the mission of Jesus, to fulfill all that God has for us. Come on, every one of us in this room. But some of us believe that, well, our personal ministry is just a little bit better than loving other people in the church, than being a part of a church. I gotta be my own. I'm a, a bishop, prophet. I, you know, come on. I, I just, you know, I can't, you know, I can't just uh, bind myself to one church and, and go there. I have gotta see the world. God's called me to the world. I mean, my, my gift has got to go all over. Amen. Wow, you are special because <laughs> we haven't heard of you yet. Anyways, man, I've got to get on. you. I've got to be the top influencer on YouTube. I've got to have the greatest number. I've got to have the mega church. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. Listen, your ministry hinges on your commitment to the body of Christ. All ministry hinges on your love, your devotion, your commitment to the body of Christ. Can I? Have an amen, amen. I'm going through this. In Ephesians chapter two, as we read, but read Ephesians chapter three. If you read that, in, uh, especially on, at the latter end, Paul is praying for them. And he's saying, this is my heart for you as a church, not just that you would come into this unity, the body, but he said this, he said, that you would be strengthened by the spirit. You would be rooted and grounded in love. You would be filled with all the fullness of God. Then in chapter four, he says that you would step into your call that God has for you. And many people wanna to go to chapter four before they go to chapter two. They want to say, man, I got this call, and I'm so anointed, and I'm so gifted, and I've got to do that." No, you'll never get there unless you can be part of the body of Christ correctly, amen, until you can play a role and your function in the body, amen. Guess what? Ministry hinges and come, really comes out of your commitment to the body of Christ, amen. So you want to be strengthened in the, by the Spirit? You want to be rooted and grounded? You want to be filled with all in fullness? Amen. You want to have this awesome call that God has for you? Learn to minister to the body, those around you who are Christians. Learn to function in the church. Learn to, uh, well, I'm waiting for the, the team, the pastor or team, I'm waiting for the leadership team to call me and recognize the giftings in my life. Listen, maybe you need to think about what you're saying right there. You've got to get involved in other people. Amen. I mean, you may not be, have a badge or have the microphone. You may not stand behind a pulpit. You may not uh, be in leadership positions, but you can function in the church on a regular basis if you'll just understand your importance to the body of Christ, amen, right? Amen. So personal ministry. God calls us to minister to the collective body above a ministry for ourselves. Always keep that in mind. God calls us to minister to the collective body above a ministry for ourselves. And quickly, there's two types of people who struggle with commitment. There's two types of people who really struggle with commitment. Number one, those who creating a ministry for themselves, they'll always struggle with commitment. They want their name out there. They want to be the greatest. They want to show all the gifts they have. They want to be be the you know the headliner at these conferences and they want to be you know have the biggest church and and they're just making a, a name for themselves they will struggle with commitment to a body of christ amen to the body of believers and the second people that struggle with commitment are those who view church attendance as a religious duty i'm just here i'm just showing up i'm just warming a seat for the week and then i'll check the box and i'll be on my way I mean, how many know you're going to struggle with commitment? You struggle with commitment. You can call it social anxiety, whatever you want to call it, attachment, whatever you want to call it. Amen. But you struggle with commitment to the body of Christ. Amen. And so don't struggle with commitment. Be committed to the community. Amen. Right. And so let me go through this. I believe there's a lot of people who want an amazing encounter with God. But if their Christian relationships stink, you will never be satisfied with any encounter. You're just constantly trying to find this encounter with God, but you don't have these good relationships in your life, these good Christian relationships. You're always burning bridges. You're always making people mad. You're hurting people in the church. (laughs) <laughs> but yet you want these encounters with the Lord. Let me just say this, a strong relationship with the Lord and a strong relationship with other believers run in sequence together. They always go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. 1 John says, how can you say that you hate your brother whom you've seen and then try to say you love God whom you haven't seen? You, in order to love God who you haven't seen, you've got to love your brother whom you've seen. In fact, he goes on and say, if you don't love your brothers, it proves you don't know God and you haven't seen the Lord. Amen. Isn't that amazing? So however your relationships go with other people, amen, that's how your relationship with the Lord goes many times. Amen. Let me just end with some starting points. Where can I start? I believe it's important to start with some basic social skills. Isn't that good? It's so easy, isn't it? I had to throw it out there because there's so many people that, uh, how many of this week you've gone to the grocery store, you've been somewhere, and there's people like they don't even know common social skills. Like, Like they're just cutting in front of you, not saying sorry, excuse me. How are those people that pull out in front of you and then, you know, get mad at you because you did something wrong, right? I mean, you right. I mean, I ride bike and there's people that like cut me off, beep the horn, blow gas in my face. And then they're like yelling at me as if I did something wrong, right? And it's just common courtesy. How many have, have ever said that to yourself? Wow, the world needs common courtesy, right? I mean, nobody says, thank you, please. So start with some social skills, some basic friendliness and kindness and courtesy, serving, I mean, we can, you know, you know, all these things, right? And so, uh, Romans 15, 7 says, warmly welcome each other into the church, just as Christ has warmly welcomed you. Then God will be glorified. The second thing that we can start, where we can start, is the encounters together, our events together, our meetings as a church or with other Christians, uh, other believers, conferences and, and other meetings. Amen. The Bible says that we are to edify one another, build one another up. What does that mean? That means to encourage somebody. How about start with a compliment? Can anybody start with a compliment first? Wow, I like your messed up hairstyle. I mean, start with something. You got to start with something. Like those clothes are crazy cool, right? Start with a compliment. Amen. Start with that. You know, and edify one another. Every Sunday, we have an opportunity to build the church, to encourage other people, and to make these connections that God has uh, for our lives. Edification is is building other people up. That's what it means. It's not flattery, like "Oh, you're so amazing. You are an incredible human being. You are strong." You that's that's fake, right? But but really encourage somebody. Listen, in this church, almost everybody needs to know who's in the hospital who's struggling with sickness and disease, whose family member has died and passed away, who's going through. Our, you don't need to know your business. You know what I'm saying? I, I know a lot of Christians feel like in, if you're not in a good church, you, you know, you got to know everybody's business to be a good church. And everything. think nobody needs to know your business. We just need to minister to one another. <laughs> right? Amen. How many of you ever did that? You come up for prayer after church and someone was like, they're kind of looking at you like, what's really going on? Well, they don't need to know that, right? Amen. We don't need to know that. Amen. But we need to minister to one another. And it's okay that, wow, you know that I'm going through a hard time. I lost my job. Uh, This happened. This happened. Listen, every one of us in this room needs to know at least five people in this room that are going through a difficult situation. And we're praying for them. And when we see them on Sunday, we're going to have a word of encouragement for them. Amen. Amen. No, I'm expecting the leadership to do it. That's your job. That's what we pay you to do. No, you pay me to equip you to do that. (laughs) Amen. So the body can minister to itself. And then finally, go beyond your comfort zone. Just go, this is basic, isn't it? Go beyond your comfort zone. Rather than inviting people, welcome people. Rather than avoiding people, engage with people. Rather than coming to church for yourself, come to church for somebody else. Amen. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. I'm going on a little long, but I'm going to finish here. Let us think of all of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. We've got to strengthen the church because there's a day that's coming that's going to be difficult for everybody. Come on, somebody. Everybody is going to suffer at one point or another. The Bible says something's going to happen in this world where it's going to be really, really tough. And you need a church, a strong church, a loving church, a unified church where you can come and you can find safety and accountability and relationships. Come on. That you can grow in your faith and be, amen. In in the will of God, and so uh, you know, build relationships, build friendships in this church. Build, get involved with things, uh, take initiative. Don't wait for people to talk to you. Talk to other people. Amen. And, and also understand that relationships take time. Some people come to our church and they're new, and and uh, they just feel like I've been here a week and I should know everybody. Everybody needs to have a party for me. Well, relationships take time. Amen. So understand that they do. Let me just leave you with this today. And then we'll stand on our feet and pray. I just want to leave you with commitment to community, what that looks like. Just a few things. And this is kind of a commitment that we can say in our heart today. It's especially good when we, when we join a church we have these kind of commitments. Amen. This is what I call commitment to community. Number one, I will protect the unity of my church. By acting in love towards other members, by refusing to gossip, criticize, and show prejudice. By serving others in sincerity. How about number two, I will share the responsibility of my church by praying for its growth, by inviting people to attend, by warmly welcoming those who visit, by being a a participant in any way I can. Number three, I will serve the ministry of my church by connecting and building community, by being equipped to serve uh, others from my leaders, by developing a servant's heart, by using my spiritual gifts to strengthen other people and encourage them. Number four, I will live the life outside my church by building a strong marriage, by raising my kids by God's word, by being an example in love, grace, and forgiveness in my community, by glorifying God in my body and my actions. And then finally, I will live in the mission of Jesus by sharing the good news of Jesus, by being generous in my time, talents, and resources, by helping others in sickness and distress, by using my spiritual gifts as a witness of God's love. I commit to community. I can say that today? I'm gonna to commit to community, amen. Anybody? We're just committing afresh and new to this community of believers. Can we stand on our feet today? You know, one of the things I thought about is why church works for me. Why church really works for me. And it's not because I'm the pastor or I've been here all my life. Church works for me because I realize, number one, it's about Jesus. Church is about Jesus, you know, There's people that hurt you. There's people that betray you. People that lie about you and gossip. You know, and and you might have been in a church that had toxic leadership and abusive leadership. But you know, that never changes my view of the church because it's about Jesus. It's not about a man's ministry. It's not about a program. It's not about the denomination. It's about Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus purchased the church with his blood and that he is building the church and that he is coming back for the church. Amen. So it's about Jesus. It's not about, amen, all these things. And and so so let things happen to you in the church. You get offended because nobody shook your hand. Hey, let that happen. But don't let that change your view that church is about Jesus. I've heard people say, oh, well, I'm done with church. I'll never go back to church. I'm done. I'm just done with that. I'm not going back to church. And you get down and say, well, why find out that someone like broke their toothpick at a church picnic or didn't, you know, shake their hand or, or you know, they whatever it was like they didn't give their their child a little popsicle you know whatever i mean it's it's just like that's kind of crazy you're leaving the church over a popsicle you're leaving the church over nobody shook your hand patted you on the back and said you're awesome right oh man my view of church is greater than that my view of church is about jesus So whether I go to East Africa and and, and make my home there or in Northern China or, or whether it be in South America, I can join with the body of believers and I can be part of the church. Because it's not about that, it's not about me, it's about Jesus Christ and church works for me because it's about other people. That's why church works for me. Church doesn't work for a lot of people because it's not about them, it's about other people, right? A lot of people say, well, I don't, uh, church doesn't work for me, because it wasn't about them, <laughs> but it was about other people, right? Aren't you glad that when we come in, we don't sing about you, how amazing you are, amen? Man, when I was out in the world, I had my songs, and they were my theme, and they spoke about me, and what I believed, in. this is me, man. I mean, I'm, I'm with Motley Crue, that's my thing, man, you know, whatever it was, you know what I'm saying? And that was my group, that was my jam, and I was... But now when we come in the church, music isn't about me. Music, you know, it's not about the, the, you know, the beginning of church isn't about me. The prayer isn't about me. The message is for me, not about me, right? It's about other people. And so that's why church works for me. Before we pray over the seniors today, I just wanted to say on behalf really of myself, my heart is, is that I want to commit myself to you afresh, to commit myself to this community. That's why my wife and I are here, because we've committed ourselves to this group of people. said, Lord, this is where you've called us. This is where we want to grow. This is where we want to give. This is where we want to serve. This is where we want to give our lives to this group of people. And so today I wanna to just encourage you to commit yourself to this community. And if God speaks and God moves and you go across the street, go across town, go across state, go across the world, amen, we wanna bless you and we still love you. We still know that you're still a part of the larger group of, amen, the body of Christ. Come on, some anybody say amen? amen. All right, and so we do, we commit ourselves. And so today I hope you commit yourself, if you're a member of this church, to this community of believers and wherever you're from, that you would commit yourself again and afresh and anew to that community of people and those needs that God has called you there. And God has equipped you to meet those needs. Amen. And afresh and anew, but also in the leadership team, we really commit ourselves to this community. And I'm so thankful for a group of leaders and directors, elders, and, and on the serve teams and everyone that's part of the leadership. They are so committed to this community. And I love that about them. It speaks volumes to me. Amen. Aren't you glad for that? How many can just lift your hand to heaven and say, Lord, I just commit myself to community in a fresh and new way. I'm a part of the body. Help me minister to the body. Help me give to the body. Help me add to the body. Today, even before I leave church, I want to encourage somebody, compliment somebody, connect with somebody. Amen. Because I'm part of the body of Jesus Christ. Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand today and say, Lord, thank you for your body in the earth. Amen.